Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. Welcome to Liquid. I'm Pastor Tim. We are in week three of this game-changing series called Saturate, and uh, we're kind of casting a vision for kind of the future-oriented church we want to be, the way we believe God's calling Liquid over the next five, ten years to pursue our God-given vision to saturate the state of New Jersey with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you're just catching up, there are really three key areas that we feel God has led us to expand our ministry. The first is campuses, compassion, and then clean water. Campuses, we're going to be growing from four to eight campuses across the state of New Jersey, supported by a brand new broadcast campus in Morris County. It'll kind of serve as the hub of our movement. Compassion, if you were here last Sunday, you know we talked about our vision includes showing the love of Jesus, especially to children and families with special needs. Uh, We talked about last week how in the Father's house, we believe kids with disabilities should receive the royal treatment. And I know that resonated very deeply with many of you. In fact, last Sunday, between services, kind of fun, I uh, posted a picture on Instagram about what we're doing in particular for kids with autism. And before the day was over, a mom actually replied. She said, Pastor Tim, my daughter was diagnosed last week with a developmental delay, and this week we are starting early intervention services. I cannot tell you how much the message meant to me this morning. I cried happy tears through the entire service. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to pass on her thanks actually to you because something incredible happened last weekend. We had 52 people sign up to be special needs buddies at all of our campuses. So thank you, church. That's you. Praise God for your compassion. Thank you for catching the vision. And finally, the third part is clean water. In 2016, we're expanding our global clean water efforts from Latin America to the heart of Africa. And some of you may actually have the chance to travel there. I'll tell you more about that next Sunday, so make sure you come back. You won't want to miss that. But this is really an exciting time to be part of God's church. Amen? And today, I want to talk about our vision to provide one million meals to our hungry and homeless neighbors across the Garden State. You know, I think some of you were a bit taken back when I shared that the homeless population in New Jersey increased by 15% last year. That's kind of shocking. Most people assume we're recovering from the recession, and it's true. The economy is slowly coming back. Jobs are being added, but the problem is the gap right now between the haves and the have-nots has grown wider and wider in our state. A recent census found that actually one million New Jersey residents now live in poverty. So that's one in nine of us, okay, with about 38% of households in New Jersey just struggling to make ends meet. And as I've said, at Liquid, we believe that as the homeless, uh, you know, population expands in our state, so should our heart as a church, amen? We really think this is an unprecedented opportunity to put our faith in action and saturate our state with the love of Jesus on a street level. And here's the cool news. At the end of this service, we have a surprise for you today, all right? We are going to have one of those, wow, I didn't see that coming. Uh, kind of moments as we actually put God's resources in your hands to go bless and serve your neighbors right where you live this week. But before we go there, I want to look at Matthew chapter 14 to see the power of compassion from Jesus Christ's perspective. So you can open your Bible or flip in your phone. The question is, what does God's heart look like for the hungry, both spiritually hungry and physically hungry? Today, we're going to look at one of Jesus' most famous miracles, the feeding of the 5,000. And we're going to learn 
what, what does it look like to have a heart to serve the thousands of people that God's bringing through our doors every week at Liquid Church? In Matthew 14, we'll start at verse 14, which reads this. It says, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had, what's the word here? Compassion. Say it out loud. Ready? Compassion on them, and he healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, hey, this is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, no, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said, well, we have here only five loaves of bread and what? Two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, Jesus said, and he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke the loaves. And this is interesting. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them out to the people. And it says, they all ate and were what? Satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. And the number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. Now, this is the only miracle in the Bible that appears in all four gospel accounts. Jesus feeding 5,000 people is a historical record. And to me, what's most striking here is Jesus' compassion for the crowd. Did you notice it says when Jesus landed, his teaching was exploding, he's gaining popularity. He said he saw a large crowd, and what did he feel? He felt what? Compassion. Now, this is the moment, okay, when Jesus is growing very popular, people are crowding, and they're traveling from long distances to hear his teaching, to experience his healing ministry. They would get there early in the morning. They would stand in line. They'd wait all day. It's just like when, like, the new iPhone arrives, okay? Like, everyone's just kind of waiting. And you kind of assume at this point Jesus would be a little bit overwhelmed, right? That as the crowds would grow larger, his ministry would become less personal. But with Jesus, it's just the opposite. Remember, he is the Son of God, so as he looks out, he doesn't just see people. He sees all the needs represented in this swarming hive of humanity. And when Jesus saw the crowds, it says he had compassion on them, which begs the question, what exactly is biblical compassion? See, compassion is not sympathy, and it's not empathy. Sympathy is like when you feel bad for somebody, right? You actually, something bad happens to someone, and, and you have pity for them. It's actually a very primitive emotion. You just feel bad for somebody, but it doesn't move you to action. Compassion is not sympathy. Compassion is not empathy. Empathy is when you, you can kind of relate to what another person is going through. You're like, oh, I, I feel it. I can put myself in their shoes. Compassion is more than empathy. The Greek word for compassion, ready for it, is splagnid zomai. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, Splagnid Zomai? You, know, you can't do it. Don't, you're just spitting on him over there, okay? Don't, don't do that. And it's, it literally, the word Splagnid Zomai means actually a feeling in your guts when you are so overcome with upset and concern and a mixture of anger and love for somebody. You see them suffering. You're moved in the guts to action. You ever feel that way? Two years ago, I spent a night living and sleeping on the streets of Newark, New Jersey, along with the homeless, just to try to enter in and understand what they go through every day of their lives. Let me tell you, after 24 hours, I was moved. Just seeing the constant fear and anxiety that they live with, wondering, where's my next meal? Where, where am I going to sleep tonight? Actually, sleeping with one eye cracked open so they won't get mugged or attacked or have acid thrown on them. One guy we met had had battery acid thrown. That night changed my life. It was, I felt it in the guts. 
and it was deeply moving to experience their suffering firsthand. Jesus looked out and he saw the crowds and he felt splagnid zomai. Their suffering moved him in his gut so much that he said, as the son of God, I am going to enter into this and I am going to use the power of heaven to help these people. And that's exactly what he did. The scripture says he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. Summoning the power of his father in heaven, the son reaches out and he touches those who are in pain. He touches those with disabilities. The sick, the weak, the afflicted, the addicted, the diseased, the destitute. The line went on and on and on. And with each healing, I'm thinking the line grew longer and longer and longer. I'm trying to imagine, what did Jesus feel at this moment? <laughs> Have you ever felt drained after spending time in an intense one-on-one -on -one conversation with somebody? Especially if they're really going through something wrenchly. You're emotionally kind of strung out. I was talking to some of our leaders here at Liquid last Monday, and we were kind of going over the weekend and what happened, and just the diverse cross-section of people that God's bringing to our church, like the young family, right, who just discovered that their child has a developmental disability. In Union County, we have a recently divorced mom who now informed us she's raising three kids on her own. Down in Middlesex, a Rutgers student is coming who just, you know, moved here from Asia or India, and, and they're here to go to college in the States and wondering, do I fit in here? There's a second-generation Latino family over in Essex County who's, who's struggling now to learn the language. By the way, did you know Liquid is now over 20% Latino? Dios te bendiga, okay? Praise God for you. Awesome. But when I look out at the crowd, every Sunday, we are privileged to serve this diverse cross-section of people from New Jersey with an ocean of needs. Some spiritual, some emotional, some physical. And that moves me as a leader. Does it move you? When I see that the masses that God is entrusting, bringing to our door, guys, we are blessed. And I want to tell you, we need every able-bodied disciple of Christ to get on the field and join us on the front lines of ministry. None of us can do it alone. The need is too overwhelming. That's why Jesus called the 12 disciples. He wanted partners in ministry. He wanted others who would share the Father's compassion for the crowds and see their needs like Jesus did. I want you to think about Jesus. He ministers all morning into the afternoon, and as the sun is going down, he notices something. People are getting hangry. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're, they're, they're so hungry, they're getting angry. Verse 15 says this. As evening approached, the disciples came to Jesus and said, hey, this is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Time check. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and what? Buy themselves some food. Evidently, this was a very rural, kind of remote region of Israel, and the disciples were like, okay, guys, show's over. Okay, Jesus is tired. Come back tomorrow. Jesus, tell them, go to Chipotle and get dinner for yourselves, okay? That's their problem. <laughs> but Jesus, full of splagnid zomai, replied, no, they don't need to go away. Let's say this together. You give them something to eat. Boom. Jesus throws down the gauntlet. Jesus lays out a challenge. He points to the crowd to his disciples, and he says, you know what? You feed them. Don't tell them to go away. You're my followers. You feed them. Let me tell you guys, as I read this command of Christ, and I look out at the crowds of spiritually hungry people that God's bringing through our doors, as well as those on our doorstep in physical need, I think we as a church need to take Jesus' challenge very personally. You give them something to eat. Because the same Jesus Christ, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same one who looks out on the crowds on the Judean hillside, he looks at one million of our neighbors in New Jersey who are struggling to make ends meet, and he says to his church, he says, 
you give them something to eat. And so at Liquid, our saturate vision is to help meet our neighbors' needs on two very prominent fronts. First, we want to feed people spiritually from the Word of God. And then we want to minister to them physically. See, the crowd here in Matthew numbers 5,000. And to put that in perspective, that's the same number of people who attended Easter services at Liquid in 2014. We have grown every year about 20, 25%. And this spring, we had 7,000 people in 2015 on Easter weekend, all right? That's amazing. That's a huge crowd. But at our current growth projections, we realize, you know what? In 2017, feeding 5,000 people every weekend will be our new normal at Liquid. That's just going to be normal. We have a vision to feed 5,000 people every week from the Word of God at our weekend services. And so we're making room for that growth. As you probably heard, we have acquired a 125,000 square foot warehouse at the crossroads of Route 287 and Route 80. And we have plans to construct a state-of-the-art broadcast center in Morris County that'll serve as the hub and spokes to serve campuses all across our state. Now, the broadcast campus is kind of a game-changing project for us because it's going to allow us to kind of feed the flock each Sunday through a live weekend broadcast. So we'll all be on the same page. But understand, our desire is not to grow a megachurch. Think of it the other way around. Liquid is a microchurch with a mega vision. We want to take church closer to where people live so we can saturate our neighborhoods with the love of Jesus Christ. New Jersey is the most diverse and densely populated state in the nation. We have nearly 9 million people packed across 21 counties. And at Liquid, we have a vision. Guys, I'm, I'm going to be very honest with you. It is a bold vision. We want to reach thousands and thousands of people and families with the message of Jesus in the tri-state area. And the broadcast campus is going to kind of lay the groundwork for our next decade of ministry together, serving kind of as like the heart and lungs of the movement and serve up to 15 campuses. Now, if things just go normal, God doesn't show up, if we just grow at our current rate of growth, understand Liquid will be a church that feeds 5,000 people every single Sunday. 5,000 tenants will be our, just our new normal like the crowd Jesus fed. In fact, notice in verse 12, interesting little detail. It says, the number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. In other words, the crowd was more than 5,000. They were just counting the guys. I'm thinking if every guy there brought Shorty and Abu, this might have been 10 and 15,000 strong, okay? Some of you are like, what, what is, okay, let me go over it. Shorty is your significant other, Boo is your biological offspring, okay? So if everybody bring the girlfriend, and the, the, the point is Jesus had a heart for the crowds, and so do we at Liquid. We are not afraid of big. The bigger the crowd, the bigger the impact. But our goal is not to build a big church for ourselves. Our vision is to raise up an army of compassion, of passionate disciples of Jesus who will follow our leader onto the field, out of our seats, into the streets, and serve our hungry and homeless neighbors, meet their physical and their material needs just like Jesus did. At Liquid, we want to take his challenge to the disciples here very personally. You give them something to eat. And so we will. Our saturate vision has a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal of providing one million meals in Jesus' name to families and homeless friends living outside these church walls all across our state over the next two years. That is the power of five loaves and two fish on a hillside. It's the same power that's found today in a cup of soup offered at Penn Station to, in Newark where the homeless congregate. To be a disciple of Jesus, you know what it is? It's the essence of seeing a, a hungry person and saying, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus. Can I offer you something to eat, something to drink? I, I see you have a need, 
and God blessed me so that I can bless you. At all of our campuses right now, I'm going to ask our ushers to come down, and they're going to pass out special custom soup cups to every single person here. Would you take one and pass it down your row? You'll see the cup is empty right now, and at the end of today's service, you're going to get a chance to fill your cup in the lobby and sample some soup. This is like the kind we serve on the streets. But this is a custom cup, and I want you to notice something. On the sides here, we printed some facts about your neighbors here in the Garden State. As you probably heard me say, New Jersey's homeless population increased by 15% last year, but that includes 4,000 children across our state. You may ask the question, hey, where's the greatest population of homeless families? Take a look at the Jersey map on your cup. Do you notice something? Hudson, Essex, Union, and Middlesex counties. That's the highest concentration of homeless right now in New Jersey. In other words, four counties where Liquid has four campuses and is opening a fifth. That's not just a coincidence, that's divine providence. We see this as an incredible opportunity to serve our neighbors in need and really build on the work we started last Christmas. It was you guys who started this. Because of your generosity to the Christmas offering in, 20, in 2015, we have been able to provide 200,000 meals to our homeless brothers and sisters living on the streets from Newark to Patterson into New York City. Thank God for your generosity. That's an awesome thing. That's a lot. Again, bigger the crowd, the bigger the impact. And if you're new, you should know something about Liquid. We are a tithing church. Tithe just means 10%. And every year, we take 10% of our annual revenues and we just give it away. Every year, we give 10% of our offerings away to people who can't possibly pay us back. The urban poor, homeless families, victims of domestic violence. So I want you to understand, when, when you give to our church, you're actually giving through our church to families and organizations like the Relief Bus who use retrofitted school buses kind of as mobile resource centers. See, the relief bus doesn't just give hearty food to the urban poor. They connect them to shelter, to job training, and drug rehabilitation. See, that's a big piece of the homeless puzzle here in New Jersey. I don't know if you can see this on your cup, but 40% of New Jersey's homeless suffer from mental disabilities and substance abuse. And let me tell you, when you're hungry and addicted, the need is both physical and spiritual. And we're Christians who believe in holistic approach to ministry. So we have a goal to minister to both body and soul together. And we have found that there is great power in a piece of bread or a cup of soup offered in love. This cup really can change a life. Just ask John Owens. John is a homeless friend who is living on the streets and losing hope fast. And that's when the power of Christian compassion changed John's life. Just uh, feeling disappointed uh, that I was a disappointment and losing self-esteem. Uh, I was in introduced to uh, crack cocaine. And that was like the, 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 the worst thing that ever happened to me. I was instantly hooked. And uh, that became my, you know, my, my God. Ended up going through like eight or nine programs over like 22 years. I finally came to the point where I uh, cracked, wasn't it? I mean, I, I was hopeless and I couldn't, I couldn't stop. Actually, I had still been using, uh, 
but at the same time crying out to God for help. And uh, I lost my, I was in, in the process of face, I was facing an eviction. I ended up, you know, being back where I usually was, broke, disgusted, and busted. But I knew that there was a pantry. Now on my way to this pantry, I saw a, a big white bus. And as I was going past, I saw in, in the window of the bus that there was help for shelter, um, drug addiction, and even a job. And as I was going, it, 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 I just, I stopped. And I, it was as if like, I, that was my, my way out. I stopped and I, I explained to a gentleman named Lance my situation. And he said that he, he said he thought that they could help me. And, and you know, I, I was like, hallelujah. He told me that he had already found a place for me. He transported me from South Bronx to Newark, New Jersey, where, where I uh, was enrolled into the Goodwill Rescue Mission program. I actually gradu graduated the program. Um, that was three years ago. Um, so um, on the 15th of this month, I'll be actually three years clean. And uh, I just thank God for this opportunity and all the work that the relief bus has done. We thank John and our partners at the relief bus. Praise God for you, Roy. That's amazing. Life change. Guys, that's the power of a cup of soup offered in Jesus' name. Last year, we were able to fund 200,000 meals and open a brand new location in the heart of downtown Newark, right in Essex County. And some of you have served on the bus. You, you've handed out food and relief supplies. And let me tell you, in the dead of winter, that is life-saving work, literally. A cup of soup can transform a life. I, I once heard someone say, the hungry don't have ears. In other words, people can't hear your message until their physical needs are met. But when you need, meet their physical needs first, then you have this greater chance of spiritual transformation happening. For the poor, the stomach can be a gateway to the soul. I want you to think about it. John came just looking for a handout, but he got something better. He got a hand up in new life in Jesus Christ. He's been sober and living in freedom for three years, praise God. And so through Saturate, we got to multiply our impact in 2016 and 17 by funding one million meals across the state of New Jersey. Why one million meals? Really two reasons. First, as I told you, there are approximately one million people living in poverty right now in New Jersey. But second, like Jesus at Liquid, we have a multiplication mentality, right? Jesus took how many loaves? Five, and he multiplies them. And last year, we funded 200,000 meals through your generosity. Well, this is five times that. This is a God-sized goal, and it's going to require radical generosity and an all-in sacrifice to see God accomplish this. We have plans to partner with ministries in every single county where Liquid is privileged to have a campus, like Family Promise, Elijah's Promise in Central Jersey, Community Food Bank, Interfaith Hospitality Network. You can read all about this in the Saturate Lookbook that we've been handing out at services. So I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for your generosity and for really having a heart for the last, the lost, and the least. It really was your financial sacrifice above and beyond your regular tithes and offerings that laid the foundation for this. And this fall, in a few weeks, on November 8th, that's Commitment Sunday, we are asking every single disciple of Jesus to make a two-year financial pledge to the Saturate Vision to fund these meals. So understand something. This is very important. 
When you donate to Saturate, you are literally putting food in the bellies and mouths of hungry people. I mean, we got a big goal. One million meals is a massive mission. But you can see it is inspired by Jesus' direct words here in Matthew 14. You give them something to eat. And you may be like, man, how, how are we going to pay for all this? How in the world are we going to accomplish that? Don't freak out. <laughs> Jesus' disciples were asking the exact same question. I, I want to kind of deepen our understanding of this miracle with a couple of interesting details I found in John's gospel. John, in his account, actually includes this extra exchange between uh, Philip and Andrew in his account of feeding the 5,000. Look at what uh, it says in John chapter 6, verse 5. It says, when Jesus looked up, and he saw the great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, hey, where should we buy bread for these people to eat? You know, should we go to Panera? What do you think? He asked this why, say this together, only to test him, for he had already in mind what he was going to do. This is the tricky thing about following Jesus. Whenever he asks a question, he already knows the answer, right? He knows what he's going to do. And Jesus knew, hey, there's not enough money in the disciples' pockets, okay, to feed 5,000 people. All he wanted to make sure is the disciples understood that, right? You guys got nothing, right? And so Philip kind of rolls his eyes, and he does the math. It says, Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a single bite. In other words, Philip's like, Jesus, please. We're a bunch of fishermen. You know we ain't got enough bread to buy bread, you know? <laughs> It'd take half of our salary to feed this crowd, and everyone would just get like one bite. <laughs> the need's too great, the resources too limited, but here's what verse 8 says. Another disciple, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. He said, well, here's a boy <laughs> with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? See, the disciples didn't just lack food. More important, they lacked faith. They didn't have the vision. They couldn't catch the vision that Jesus had of feeding the masses with scarce resources on hand. But they forgot something. When you're serving alongside Jesus, anything is possible. Amen? So Andrew comes up with a crazy idea, and he brings forward some poor kid who has like, you know, five loaves of bread and two fishes, which honestly, it's probably the equivalent of like a small bag of like dinner rolls and a can of tuna fish, right? The kid's like, I'm going to have fish tacos. Oh, I guess I'm not. Okay, we're giving it away. I, I, I actually, I'm thinking about this week. Imagine this. The disciples call out to 5,000 people. They're like, hey, does anybody here have some food? 5,000 people, not one person has food. Right? Like all the adults are looking at each other like, oh, not me, not me, not me, not me. And one little hand goes up. This little boy who's like, my mom packed my lunch today. You know, it's, it's not a lot. I'm supposed to share it with my sister. But if Jesus wants it, he can have it. Here you go. Right? The faith of a child. See, God isn't looking for disciples who simply write a fat check out of their surplus. He is looking for ordinary people who will sacrifice the little bit they have and trust God to bless it and multiply it to serve others. See, the little boy hands his lunch over to Jesus, and he makes what I call an all-in sacrifice. Can you say this? All-in sacrifice. He holds nothing back. He's like, if Jesus wants it, he can have it. And of course, the math doesn't work, right? Okay, five loaves plus two fish, that serves at most seven people. Yeah, in our hands, it is insufficient. But in God's hands, it's more than enough. 
Jesus is like, all right, yeah, five times two, that should do about, uh, serve about 5,000, uh, plus some leftovers. Because Jesus has a multiplication mentality. See, folks, this is a picture of what happens when a disciple gives God what little we have to meet the needs of our hungry neighbors. Our all-in sacrifice combines with God's all-in power to produce a miracle. Have you ever wanted to be like, I want to be part of a miracle? This is your chance. Look how Matthew finishes. It says, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. Why does he do that? He's like, guys, remember, your Father in heaven owns it all. Everything we have is God's, right? So we're going to offer it back to him to bless. And it says this, then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. Notice Jesus didn't actually serve the food to the people. He hands the buckets out to the disciples. He says, here, you give them something to eat, right? Go ahead. And they're like, oh man, that better have been a powerful prayer, <laughs> right? I want you to imagine it as they begin going down the row, and they're, they're passing it out, and they're like, here's some for you, number three, number four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twenty, forty, what? WTF? Where's the fish coming from? What is happening here? This is incredible. Just going and going and going. Look at the result. This is incredible. They all ate and were what? Satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. I love this. Jesus sends them home with takeout, okay? It's like, this, it's one thing when God shows up, it's another thing when God shows off. See, when you, when you face a massive need, feeding 5,000, funding 1 million meals, it is very natural to view it from a human perspective. And you start doing the math, you say, well, we don't have enough, we can't afford it. And you're right, in our hands, we don't. But from God's perspective, when his disciples go all in, it becomes more than enough to feed the need, and compassion multiplies, amen? See, guys, this campaign isn't about fundraising, it's about faith-raising. That is one of the reasons that Jesus challenged his disciples. He said, you give them something to eat. He wanted to raise the level of faith in their life. This campaign isn't after your wallet, it's after your heart. God is asking, he's saying, do you share my heart for the hungry, for the homeless, for your neighbors in need? Or, or do you simply say, oh, send them away, that's their problem? Do you actually ignore the homeless guy at the train station, the woman sleeping on the bench, the vet begging for change. Jesus says, no, no, no. You give them something to eat. Eight million dollars, that's a lot of bread. No, no, don't worry about the math. Here's my question. What's in your lunchbox? What did mom pack you? See, the father loves to perform miracles of mercy through the all-in sacrifice of his children. And guys, I really believe with all my heart, when God gives a church his vision, he also gives provision, amen? That is the story of Liquid Church. Let me tell you, every single time we have stepped up and we've sacrificed to donate our time, our money, our resources on behalf of the poor and the vulnerable, we have seen our Father do above and beyond what we can ask or imagine. You know why? Because it reflects the heart of his Son, Jesus Christ. And when we respond with this kind of all-in generosity, God uses that sacrifice to bless others around us. Guys, remember this. Everything that we have, what's in your lunchbox today, the money in your pocket, it belongs to God. Your, my debit card, your salary, your savings, our 401k, our cards, our homes, who does it belong to? God. And sometimes, God, your father, wants to say, hey, can I have part of your lunch today? 
will you give back to me a portion of what I've blessed you with so that together we can do a miracle? Because I blessed you for one reason. So you can what? Be a blessing. Guys, as I look at the saturate vision and all God is calling us to, I'm like, we need a miracle, right? I mean, to raise $8 million above and beyond our annual budget, that is going to require an all-in sacrifice to fund a million meals. But I believe with all my heart, I'm like, I know God wants to do this through us. So I have good news and I have bad news. What do you want first? I'm going to give you the good news, all right? All the money we need for one million meals is in this room today, right now. Ready for the bad news? It's in your pockets. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. Each one of us here has the ability, we have the power right now, to put food in the mouths of hungry brothers and sisters in the next two years. But the question is, what are you willing to sacrifice? I asked myself that question. Colleen and I have been praying about it. And my faith was encouraged by one of you. I won't use your name because they want to be anonymous, but I got this amazing phone call from a man in our congregation this fall who wanted to make an unusual donation. And uh, he called me up. He said, hey, Pastor Tim, here's the deal. I love our church's vision. Liquid has changed my life, and now I want my life to count. And he's been pretty successful, and he said, I want to use what I have to serve Jesus. And, um, and he went on to tell me, for the last 20 years, he's been collecting first edition comic books, okay? Any comic book collectors? I ha he said, I have an extensive collection, and he says, I want to liquidate it, get it? And he says, <laughs> he goes, I want to donate the money to help fund the Saturate Vision. I said, oh, that's, you know, that's cool. I'm thinking like, wow, that's, that's awesome. Maybe he has a couple hundred dollars worth of, you know, comic books he's going to sell on eBay. He says, oh, no, 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 you, you don't understand. He says, I have the first edition Spider-Man comic that came out. I have the original Superman, the first Fantastic Four, the origin story of Iron Man and Thor, and there was kind of a geek out moment all nerds have we had together. And a bunch of others, he says, and they're all in mint condition. They're worth over $30,000, okay? I was blown away. He was like, all my life, I realized I've just been collecting stuff that looks nice on my shelves, but it doesn't help anybody. And he says, now that Jesus Christ has saved me, I want to cash it in to help save others. Because Jesus said, you lay up your treasure in heaven. So I figure if my collection can, can put food on the table of hungry people, I'm all in. Isn't that cool? That is an all-in mentality. How do you feed 5,000 people? How do you fund a million meals? I don't know. I got, I got five loaves, two fish. I got an Iron Man comic book. I love that. <laughs> Praise God for Spider-Man. I've never said that before, right? <laughs> what I love is it's Christ's compassion plus your creativity that can transform lives. So guys, as you pray over the next few weeks towards November 8th Commitment Sunday, I want to encourage you to be creative. Think about the resources that God has put in your hands, because it's different for everybody. But it can have an impact when you give it to the Father's hands. See, it does not matter how big or how little your financial gift is. It doesn't matter if it's $30,000, $3,000, $300. We all have a different size lunchbox. It's not about equal amount. It's about equal sacrifice. So we're asking everybody to raise their level of faith. So maybe you're an executive, and this Christmas you're like, you know what? I'm going to sacrifice my bonus so that a homeless friend can have the basics. Warm food and a place to sleep. Parents, I want you to talk with your kids. This is a chance to teach them compassion and generosity. Talk together. How can we donate as a family? Maybe there's a kid here who says, you know what? I'm going to sell my Xbox and I'm going to give it to saturate. That would be a miracle, parents, would it not? Okay. 
Or you pledge and you say, you know what, I'm going to make a lifestyle change for the next two years. I'm going to actually cancel my cable subscription for the next 24 months and give that, you know, $50 a month to the vision. Again, Saturate is not primarily about fundraising. It's about faith raising. Because everything we need to fulfill God's vision is already in this room. It's in our lunch boxes. But it will require radical generosity all in from every single man and woman who calls themselves a disciple of Jesus. And by God's grace, guys, we envision an army of compassion, 5,000 or more strong, rising up to reach thousands more and saturate our state with the love of Christ. Amen? So here's the surprise I want to end with, okay? To fully show that we trust God and to fully show we trust you, we're going to end today's service by doing something unorthodox. Today, we are not collecting an offering here at the end of the service. We are giving away money instead. I'm dead serious. You're today, everyone who is in a life group, your life groups are going to receive a bag like this at every campus, and it includes cold, hard cash, the Father's money, for you to serve your neighbors in need right where you live this week. Life group leaders, here's how it's going to work. In your bag this week, you're going to find this envelope, and there's exactly $52 in it. And we put them in singles. Don't get any ideas, okay? We just put them in singles. And <laughs> it is New Jersey. You don't know, right? Why 52 bucks? It's symbolic of Jesus' multiplication of what? Five loaves and what? Two fish. What's your mission? Your mission is to be the hands and feet of Jesus this week and use your group's $52 to bless somebody in need unexpectedly. All right? We're providing the money. This is God's money anyway. But you have to provide the creative thinking to bless and serve your neighbors, where you live. So, for instance, maybe you're going to use your $52 in your group, and your group is going to go buy boxes of brownie mix. And, and this week, as a life group, you're going to make the brownies, and you're actually going to go spend two hours at a senior center, loving on some senior citizens who feel forgotten. Maybe you're going to take your money, and you're going to go buy diapers and baby supplies for a new mom in your neighborhood who's out of work having a hard time. Or you're going to pay for a babysitter so your neighbors can actually enjoy a night out. Or, or maybe you're like, we're going to use our 50 times. We're going to go to Starbucks, and we're going to buy coffee for all the janitors and all the teachers at, at, at our school. We're going to buy them all coffee. You got 52 bucks. At Starbucks, that is enough for three lattes, okay? <laughs> Let me tell you, you can do some big major damage here, all right? The point is, we want to challenge you to combine Christ's compassion with your creativity. And there are only three rules. You can't spend this money on yourself, and you can't give it back to our church. You have to invest it outside these four walls. And it has to bless somebody in need. Because you're blessed, why? To be a blessing. And I understand, I understand some of you are like, what? Are you crazy? Why in the world is the church giving away money when you're trying to raise $8 million? And the answer is very, very simple. We really believe God owns it all. Do you believe that? We believe the Father owns everything. And the reality is when we offer it back to him, he multiplies it in unexpected ways. And God handpicked you to live right where you do, next to your neighbors, and I believe you know their needs best. So Life Groups gets ready. What you need to do this week is to exercise the compassion muscle in your heart. Jesus saw the crowds and he was what? Moved. What moves you to action? You don't have to look hard. There are opportunities all around you. We're going to move out of our seats and into the streets to serve. And I realize you might be like, $52 doesn't seem like much. And it's not. But in God's hands, it's more than enough. And he can bless more people than you'll ever know. And again, 
Guys, this isn't about fundraising. This is about faith raising. I want to raise your faith this week. Like Jesus did with the disciples. He asked them to be generous with very limited resources, not because he wanted their money, because he wanted what? Their heart. That's what God wants from each one of us, your heart, to exercise the compassion of God. So we're giving you a portion of the master's money, and hopefully that's going to jumpstart the generosity in this church. So this money's for you, life group leaders. No strings attached. You can pick up the bag in the lobby. You are going to have to sign for it. And we are going to have some accountability. We are asking in return, would you let us know how your group decides to use the Father's money? I want you to report back. Share your story. On liquidchurch.com, when you click on the Saturate tab, you can share your story, upload photos. We want to see your group's compassion in action. And together, we're going to saturate the state with the love of Jesus. Amen? Let's pray together. Bow our heads, all our campuses. Father, I thank you right now for these resources and I pray that as they are going into the ground this week, that they would be planting seeds and they would multiply five, 10, 20 times, Father, what we invest. Father, you are so good. You are so generous. Everything we have is yours and we offer it right now back to you. Father, I pray that you would unleash a tidal wave of compassion and creative thinking and generosity in this church. And Father God, as it ripples out, as it floods New Jersey, people would blame one person, Jesus Christ. And they'd say they must be disciples of Jesus. And Father God, they would feel the heartbeat, your heartbeat, behind our every action and every word. Father God, we ask all glory to go to your Son, our Savior. It's in his name we pray. Everyone said together, amen, amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.